irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to Raising the Vibration with Sheena Metal only on LA Talk Radio. That's right, and welcome. You're listening to Raising the Vibration Radio right here on LA Talk Radio. This is our very first show, so how exciting is that? It's always fun for me to start a brand new show. It's like having a child, except that I don't have to scream and yell and give birth for however many hours or days. Uh, in studio with me as Raising the Vibration will always be a wonderful person who has dedicated their life to being in service and to being about the world, because that's the mission, not only of Raising the Vibration Radio, but of the movement that spawned it, which is called I Am Raising the Vibration of the Nation and the World. We're at IamRaisingTheVibration.com. Please welcome to our very first show, my wonderful friend and just a brilliant humanist and animal advocate and philanthropist, the amazing Carolyn Hennessy. How are you, my friend? Oh, I could not, I couldn't be better. I just, I just I'm sitting here looking at you and, and I mean, my, vib- my vibrations are being raised right now. Isn't that nice? I'm, That's I'm, what it's I'm, about, I'm, right? I'm about to levitate, man. Uh, I made a very short list of people that I wanted um, for my first set of shows, and you were on that list. And thank you for being here on the very first show. I literally sat and I thought, who are? It's my honor. By who, the way. who are the four people that I that I really want to be on the show? My first four people, and and you were on the top of that list because I think that you are such an amazing example. And we've talked about this. You've been here on my daily radio show, the Sheena Metal Experience, as a guest. You've been a guest with me on my spiritual paranormal show, Haunted Playground, and I've said this before, but but you you are the you are the reason that I'm proud to be an actor because you understand that there is a there is your artist part and then there is your humanist and spiritualist part and you can't have one without the other. You, you just you're, you just made me cry. Oh, you just well, made me cry. Well, it's, we're only a couple minutes in. Stick just, around, kid. We're here for two it, hours. It, it, it can only go up. But it, it's, <laughs> the vibration's just going to raise from here. That's uh, what an what an astonishing compliment. It's what's interesting is that is that I am I've been blessed to hear that that I have been uh, inspiring to people um, from in various arenas, but to hear it from you. Because I think you're so astonishing. So, Thank you. Uh, so, and and actors get such a bad rep. Some very often, rightly so. Um, the the selfish ones, the narcissists, the ones who who don't understand that what we do is actually. F- yeah, it's for our benefit, but it's for the it's truly meant, meant to be for the benefit of others. That Absolutely, our, you know that our job is to simply make everybody else's job easier, both on and off the set. And and so I try to be the best example of a person and of an actor. And and it's harder to be a best the best example of an actor, you know, because it's an uphill battle with with people's perceptions. Yeah, it, really it is. But but, but I also that. think that, and you're very welcome, and and every word of it is is true, and from my heart and soul, and you know that. Uh, every every um, actors do get a bad rep, but then also if you look around at how many actors in the world are doing advocacy for different sure. things, Absolutely. for animals, for the environment, mm-hmm. for their fellow mm-hmm. man, uh, there's something I think about uh, interesting part of Meryl Streep's speech last night, I guess you couldn't do the show tonight without mentioning that, was when she mentioned the word empathy. And I think that empathy 
is, I mean, it really is the key to being a great actor. You have to be able to be a sponge that sucks in everything around you so that you can then become that thing believably enough to tell a story. The problem with that is, is the empathy doesn't stop when you're preparing for a character. You have that empathy all the time. You have to. And you're taking in everything all the time. And a lot of your young life is learning how to not take everything in so that you don't explode. But but taking in what you need to for a character means you're also taking in somebody who's hungry or a place where the earth is crying. Or, or someone who's being cruel. And you right. have to figure out a way to, 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 to live with that. I'm about to go do, do a film in Atlanta where I have to be. Uh, I mean, it's it's it's, oh. it's it's a villain, a villain, a huge, huge villain, and uh, and it's going to be wonderful um, because it's a side of myself that I, you know, if 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 you, for instance, if you read the works of the Marquis de Sade, as we all will, <laughs> as 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 one does, um, he was very very uh, head up on the fact that that we all have dark and light in us at all times it's how Absolutely. it's it's acknowledging it number 1 yes and when you acknowledge it then you get to master it you get to control it if you don't acknowledge it then it controls you and that's when people go home and you know do horrible things to family members and pets right but if you acknowledge it then you get to control it you can channel it into different directions so so i love playing bad characters. I love playing, uh, you know, evil and snarky and bitchy and, you know, you know, arrogant and funny because it's these are sides of myself that I don't like to think I really tap into much in my in my everyday life. But I get to I get to acknowledge them and play with them and have fun with them. And I think that's one of the reasons why I, I, I do so well with them and have such a good time with them. Well, I also think that oftentimes um, the, the people who play the best villains are the nicest people people? because I think a lot of times the people who aren't nice people in their everyday lives won't take those roles because they're scared somebody will see who they really are right exactly and and also I think like you said the acknowledgement of one's dark side we have to we all have it in us sure we 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 all have we all have good and bad we all have you know love and evil love and hate um um or I should say love and fear uh because hate only comes from fear um as far as I'm concerned and and uh and 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 to acknowledge it gives you mastery over it and to and to, to acknowledge it and then figure out how to channel it into turn you know make make lemonade gives you mastery over it yeah so. ab- absolutely um w- when in your life at what point in your life did you realize that the humanist part of you was as important as the artist part probably i would i would have to well see I've I'm I've I don't want to say always because I'm sure there was a time when little narcissist Carolyn was was run, run, <laughs> running around in not such big girl pants but um, <laughs> I have been uh, probably around the time that I got sober okay I would say and that's been 16 years congratulations thank you and I, it, it, so. Yeah. So uh, so, and the time I got sober was was also, um, then then I started writing um, the kids series, the Pandora series, and realizing that I had the opportunity to channel all of my teenage angst, my unrealized 
you know fabulousness as a as a 13 year old the um you know the slings and arrows of being a 13 year old and and all the scars that i and everybody else who doesn't do the work to kind of you know get rid of those you know slough off all that that horrible treatment those incredibly brutal formative years uh, i had the opportunity to write that within myself and when i say write i mean like write the titanic you know like write 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 the boat right um and and use it use it as a as a catharsis, and I did. And that in writing about these girls and what they have to go through in these seven books, I thought, oh, this this is this is a wonderful message. Well, if I'm able to tell to to speak this message, then I can speak. Then I uh, the, then the sky's the limit. I can speak other 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 messages of responsibility and love and caring and voice voicing for the voiceless, and and you know. Giving a sandwich to a man by the side of the road, I can. I, there's the sky's the limit. There's there is no limit. There is no limit. Yeah, and, so, and it's, I, so probably I would say it, I really I like I like to think I've been doing it since I was you know in my well since I came out of the womb, but we all know that that's not true. Um, so I would say maybe I'd like to think I was started it maybe in my early 30s, but it really cemented I'd say when my in my late 30s when I got sober and then started writing. Yeah, and for me, it was right about that time when, when, I, when I came here um, to LA Talk Radio and, and I felt like for the first time I was in an extremely safe artistic environment mm-hmm. where I could create and, and not have to always worry that my head was on the chopping block and my job was on the line. And I, and I you know, almost, I don't tell this story a lot, but I almost retired from performing. I, I, I got to a point where I thought maybe this business and I, for some reason, are just not a match. And I'm going to be so thankful for everything that's happened to me. And I'm going to maybe, my plan at the time was to open up a nightclub where I could book music during the day and teach acting at night, maybe upstairs, and give it up. And I just said, you know, I'm thankful, I'm grateful, thank you for what I have, and that I have enough of a name that I can get investors and I can open this place and go on with my life. And the next day I got the call to come and begin the Sheena Metal experience. First of all, you want to open the nightclub during the evening and teach acting during the day. Oh. Yeah, because I thought, ain't nobody going to go. I don't care how <laughs> fabulous your nightclub is to a nightclub during the day. That's well, all I was I'm thinking. Gonna I was thinking first, both at one time. I had this dream of a place that was open 24 hours <laughs> and always had live music, but then also had a sister space next door where there was constantly a comedy club, oh, an I improv club, it. a theater. A 24-hour so comedy. Constantly. 24-hour comedy. 24-hour something where there was always art happening. Um, back in the days when I wanted to be up 24 hours all the time, which, which I still would love. The idea that if you needed great breakfast at 8 o'clock in the morning, this is a place you could That's go and right. there would be live music or improv. Coming off you know, set. This Coming kind of, set. yes. And, and I, uh, I'm glad I found you because I'm not letting you. I wouldn't have let you give up acting anyway. <laughs> and you know because once a month at my house. We're, you're, right. You're, now we're back into yeah, it. And yeah. we're going to talk about that too. Yeah, and yeah. not only was I going to give up acting, I was going to give up radio. I was going to give up everything and just, and just go behind the scenes. Because I really just felt like maybe it just wasn't, it, it, it didn't work with me. And I literally said, I surrender and I'm thankful. And the next day I got a call from our station owner and he offered me this gig. Wow. And, and so when I came here, I said, okay, this is it. This is the shot I've always wanted. I've always wanted a daily show. I've always wanted afternoon drive. This is the thing I have always wanted in my life. So I'm letting everything go. I don't care who's been horrible to me, lied to me, screwed me over, who owes me money. I'm done and I release it all. And when I released and completely surrendered into the universe 
and stopped sort of fighting and punching that brick wall that never came down, I realized a lot of things. And one of the things that I realized was that the, the humanist part of me and the spiritualist part of me was every bit as important as the artist part. Mm-hmm. And that making the world a better place was the real mission and everything else was used to facilitate that. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. I'll tell you when my uh, humanistic bent got up-leveled a little bit uh, was about four years ago when I went to Cambodia, went to Thailand, same trip, for uh, a documentary called Elephant Trainer in the Room and saw grotesque poverty and saw elephants you know, being mm. being led around with ankuses, people riding on the elephants coming off of cruise lines, and they didn't know quite, you know, that they, they think that these elephants are just in such incredible care. And, and we did this amazing documentary. And I came home, and after what I'd seen, I was despondent because I had spent um, that Thanksgiving in Phnom Penh eating chicken curry and came wow. home. And, you know, it was it was the Monday after Thanksgiving, and... That's the weekend that people put up their Christmas lights. And I was driving around the Burbank, North Hollywood, San Fernando Valley area, looking at everyone's Christmas lights, just sobbing, saying, you don't know you people with your Christmas lights. Was, I, was, I, was, I had become yeah. sort of the Grinch. And I was morose for about a month. My Christmas was just rubble that year and in January I said I must channel this and that's when I started Animal Magnetism that's when I started my own podcast which wonderful is, yeah but because I thought I I had a taste of the world that wasn't Paris or London or Rome right I had a taste of of poverty and brutality and wonder and beauty and great food and and you know and a and a great twenty dollar massage in Phnom Penh, but 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 because <laughs> it's a bright get, side to everything. Because you don't glass get, half full people you don't get that in Los Angeles. Yeah. But uh, but I'd had that taste, and I came home, and my I was I had up leveled myself a little bit. I was like I was walking around two uh, like a couple inches taller. I could see. A little, my perspective was just a little farther into the distance than than a lot of my fellows, especially people who I know who've never traveled. And I said, we are all connected. We are all connected. We are all connected to every animal. We're connected to every inanimate thing because everything, and this is this is this is the purpose of this show. Everything is vibrating. Absolutely, and it's all vibrating together. Not, it's all vibrating together. It's just different frequencies. Right. It's all, I mean, this bottle of water, this ring on my finger, you, this plant, everything is vibrating. It's just, and, and it's, it's, you know, how to, how to sort of synchronize those vibrations and how to up-level everything. I remember going to hear um, Wayne Dyer speak. And what did Wayne Dyer write? Um, 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 what, your erogenous zones? No, your erroneous zones. Your best, best. He wrote. He wrote, he wrote yeah. stuff. He wrote. Gone stuff. too soon. It's like it's like it's like Eckhart Tolle, Tolle, and and uh, but Wayne Dyer was one of these individuals, and he said something in this in this seminar, this this talk that he gave, this lecture, and he said, every like twenty years the vibrational level of the planet 
moves up a level. And I wanted to say, really? I'm not seeing it. But then again, maybe I'm maybe I'm not vibrating that high that I that I would see it. But I was given such hope when I heard him say that because it's sooner or later we're all going to reach, you know that level of consciousness where we don't need to be here anymore. Does that make sense? It's like yeah, we're all right. going to we're all just going to reach uh, transcendence. We're going to graduate from we're, soul school. So exactly. We're going to graduate from soul school. And yeah. and I and I love that and I choose to believe that that's true. But right now we're not. Right. We're in these corporeal forms but we're still vibrating. Yeah. We're still vibrating. And, and we're vibrating at different levels. That's right. Absolutely. Not everybody is vibrating at the level that the, you're vibrating different at. Different frequencies. And Absolutely. the and you need to stay on your frequency and not feel like you need to bring your frequency down, down. because if, somebody can't match it. If anything, up level it. If exactly. Anything, take it higher. You know, don't if like lead follower get out of my way frequency. So, you know, it's like, you know, don't don't try and drag me down. Right. Well, and I think we've seen that in the last couple of months. So before we talk about elephants, because once I get started on elephants, I may never stop talking about That's elephants. Fine. That's fine. Um, we, we have seen these vibrational differences in our country yeah. throughout the last 18 yeah. months with yeah. this presidential yeah. buildup and then with the election and, and the post-election. And, you know, I founded raising the, I Am Raising the Vibration of the Nation and the World uh, the day after the yeah. election. Um, because as the election results were announced in what was, you know, 12.30 a.m. Pacific time where we are here in Los Angeles, yep. immediately people were on Facebook screaming at each other. and Lifelong Vitriol, yes. Lifelong friends. And we've all lost friends. I've lost friends. I've lost Facebook friends. We lose friends over an election. It's yeah. important. It was incredibly important. But if... And you and I were talking about this before we went on the air. Sure. I mean, I don't think you or I know anyone whom, if they said, I voted for Trump, we would look at them and go, I hate you. You're a, you're, 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 you are evil. You are evil on two legs. Yeah. You and I don't know anybody, A, I think like that, but, but, you, but you and I wouldn't come at them like that. No, no. But, but I, I have been attacked okay. from my friends on the left. For not going at people like that. Right. Okay. But it's just not, it's, it's not in it, my essence to do that. Nor, sh- nor should it be. Everyone can have an opinion. Everyone can act on that opinion. I would want to say, okay, you who voted for Trump, tell me why. Right. Tell me why. From your educated perspective. From your humanist perspective. And I mean, some of some of the listeners in might say, "Well, no one with an educated humanist perspective would ever vote for Trump." Well, I I, I disagree because I actually know people who voted for Trump who are some of the most decent, well-educated human beings. And I've said, As tell, do I. T- and I've said, tell me why you, in particular, voted for this for this individual. And they've made a, they made very very interesting cases, very interesting cases. So, but I on my Facebook page have seen people attack each other. Yeah. Beyond, 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 and I won't tolerate it on my page. I, 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 I it's whoever name whoever name calls first, baby, you're gone because I won't have that kind of negativity. I won't have that 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 vibration on my page. Yeah. Won't, it's 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 unnecessary. It's so unnecessary, and and people they say, well, Carol, aren't you despondent over the election? Aren't you despondent? And I said, here, the moment that the result, I woke up that the next morning and I read and my jaw dropped. Yeah. And, I, and instantly I went, 
I choose to be positive. Yeah, me too. I choose to be positive. I, I, well, actually, I have to admit, there was a there was a five or six hour window where I was thinking about moving to Ireland, <laughs> and, and all that would entail, and how long I could live if I sold everything I owned in a nice little <laughs> shanty somewhere in Ireland. But I'm but I'm such a patriotic person, and I love this country so, so much. much. I, I, and I and never in my life before have I ever thought about leaving this country ever i don't even like to travel outside of this country and it's it's not because of the individual it's not because of our president-elect and i've said this on the air before it's because of the the way that people resonated with the message of bullying exactly and then with then seeing people from my own party from the democratic party decide to become bullies the day after exactly and then just the to be tolerance from the party of, of tolerance was shocking it, to me shocking to me as well yes and and not and and that's why i always say and and um for many years i said this on my now defunct politics show th- that i believe there is a, the, a difference in a liberal and a leftist couldn't agree more. and and for me a, a left a leftist is a lot like a person on the right on the far right they just have different things that they want. Right. To me, the definition of what a classic liberal is, is you're willing to listen to and see everyone's side and accept everyone's right to be who they are and vote as they want and live as they want, even if those are not things that you choose for your own life. Okay. Okay. And I, and I will always be that. And if people say, well, that party's gone, well, then I'm going to have a little problem at the next election in a couple well, years. Well, listen, people say the Republican Party's gone, too. They say that because of the election of Trump, that that this is now that the Republican Party, the Grand Old Party, is as we quote unquote knew it, is gone. Right. So I'm 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 hope I but again I'm hopeful I'm optimistic and, and I am I'm, as well and I choose to believe that he'll bring back jobs. Woo-hoo! I choose I choose to believe that that I choose to believe it's going to be just oh just fine. I, I and I don't think I don't think I don't I'm know. being too naive about this. I, I'm trying not to be. Um, I know people who say who will say that I am, but it's like I can I can either do that or I can live in despair for the next four years. Right. And if and if you do that, then what good are you to anyone? You know, my mama had a wonderful expression. It hasn't happened yet, kid. Right. And when I would get worried about things as a young person or very anxiety driven about things, she would say, "It hasn't happened yet, kid." And the thing is that all of the things that we fear are going to happen. They haven't happened yet. They haven't so happened let's. Yet. Let's stay. Let's stay, stay calm and stay our course and concentrate yeah. on how we can make the world a better place. And if things right. start to happen that are upsetting us, then that's when we move in and make changes. Right. But we can't worry about things that haven't happened. Right. Um, so after you know a, a couple of days of being despondent and not knowing what to do next, I. I literally woke up, and how spiritual is this? I woke up on Veterans Day, which is eleven eleven, which is a very significant number yeah, if you're and, and a new age person. And for me as well, it's my. It's every time I look at the clock, no matter what time it actually is, it's always it 11-11. was eleven eleven. <laughs> and I got up in the morning, and I've you know I've been spending the last six months going through my mom's house, which is in itself an exercise in in strength and tolerance. And I didn't want to go. I didn't want to do it. I just wanted to stay in bed that day. I didn't want to make the drive to Orange County. And I thought, nope, you know what? You're Irish. You get your butt up and you go do your job. That's what we do. And as I was walking to the car, the whole idea for I am raising the vibration of the nation downloaded into me. And I thought, this is it. And this is what I do. And this is where I go. So I started it thinking people were going to think I was insane. 
And I have and who really cares? no. Who cares? And who cares? And and, and who cares? Uh, but I really have just been overwhelmed with the outpouring of love and of positivity, and realizing that that most people really do want for us to find a common ground and for us to find a place of I've, love. I've seen your Facebook page. And for I've us to move, and you're wonderful to have liked my Facebook page. And we are uh, now, uh, today is our, our two-month anniversary, which is why we started the show today. And we're 1,200 strong on Facebook. And we haven't lost a single, we haven't lost a single person. Everybody who's liked the page has stayed, which uh, floors me. Amazing. And and these, you're going to be able to link to these broadcasts. Oh, absolutely. It's like, yeah, oh, absolutely. I'm such a, I'm such a Luddite. Oh, yes, so absolutely. Hard. It's all going to be hooked up. And, and for the first time in my life, I'm working on a blog. I've never, I mean, I've, I've, you know, worked as a journalist in print, but I've never blogged before. I figured when you talk all the time, you don't need to blog. I, and you know what? But yet I, I have written, a, I'm starting to write a blog. I've, and I've had people say, you need to blog, blog. And it's like, oh, come on. I'm on a television show. I've got a radio show. Right. I've, I, I do this and that. I, I, I post on my Facebook page, all my, my three Facebook pages. I, people hear from me enough. But I, think I maybe, felt this, yeah. Maybe, maybe I... Uh, yeah, maybe. I figured it was time. Yeah. I actually, uh, I went through something uh, a few weeks ago that I, you know, don't need to talk about because it's not something that needs to be discussed. And I, I lost a very good friend because of politics. Mm. And as it was happening, I just started writing about it, sort of just to make myself feel better. And it kind of poured out of me. And I thought, yeah, this is my first blog. So the blog should be out this week. It's And the blog will be called Vibration Nation. I was just going to say, you got to do something and, called uh, Vibration Nation. And it's about, uh, it'll be just sort of some of my thoughts on on how we can can start to work to heal. Because I really don't believe this problem in our country. And I only speak about our country because this is the country I've lived in my whole life, Carolyn. It, it didn't start with 18 months ago. I mean, no. this country's been in a horrible melancholy since 9-11 and I don't think we've ever emotionally recovered from it and and there's a lot of things that have been going on and this election was the result of that not the cause of that by the way for anyone who's interested if you ever really want to appreciate this country if you're sort of on the fence go somewhere else sure (laughs) and then come back yeah go you don't even need to go to Phnom Penh or Chiang Mai Uh, go to France go to Belgium yeah go to Germany uh, and then come back and get down on your knees and just thank thank God for this country. Yeah. And thank God I, for I our freedoms and our flag. I just purchased another flag for the outside of my home the oh, other day. I have many flags uh, as yes, well. Yep. I, but she's, she waves very, very high. And I thought, I'm not quite sure of the proper way to dispose of the uh, old one. She was a grand grand old gal. Oh. And, I, and so I folded it as militarily as I could. Good. And then I decided maybe I'll be, just be buried with it. <laughs> Oh, okay. I'll be buried with all my flags. It'll just hang out for burial. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Okay. I, I have a lot of flags, and I have a lot of... Um, uh, I remember once when I was, you know, kind of more of a... Uh, an, uh, growing up in the very conservative Orange County, California, more of a fiery Democrat, I remember a couple of my very leftist friends asking why my mother had a flag on her car because she had a flag sticker that she had gotten I think for giving money to disabled veterans which she always did every year she gave money to to many things but one of her big charities was the disabled veterans foundation and uh, I always said well because she's an American and, and I remember once, and I tell this story on the air all the time, sitting here uh, on my daily show, The Sheena Metal Experience, with a guest 
who said to me, as a Democrat, I have trouble with words like liberty and patriotism because they really belong to conservatives. And I thought, wait a minute, at which point did a word like patriotism belong to a specific party? Every American should feel a sense of liberty and patriotism. And, you know, I grew up the first part of my life in the Northeast in New Haven, Connecticut, uh, where you're right in the middle of all of those battlegrounds from the from all of the wars, the Revolutionary War, the Civil yeah. War, the War of 1812, and 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 growing up kind of as a kid, being a fanatic about loving Abraham Lincoln and and being a, a fanatic about learning about the Civil War. I just want to make sure that doesn't happen again in our country. We don't need another Civil War. We need to find a way to 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 to, to put some softer edges on this divisiveness. Oh, because it's getting well, scary. Softer edges to start, and then and then help try. You know, again, the point of this whole program is to rid the nation of the of, of yes. divisiveness. I mean, you know, that's a that's a big big task you have ahead of you. But, <laughs> but I'm just saying, so was soft, it Rome wasn't built in a day. We can we can we can have our differing opinions, but divisiveness is something that we need to expunge. I think I truly yeah. believe. Yeah. And we need to we need to look at it. I think and, we need to look at a history hate, book. Hate speak. Hate speak. Hate speak amongst people who are normally lovely individuals. Yeah. Simply because somebody voted for yeah for someone that or some or somebody has different opinions. Yeah. Or somebody we're, said something just like you said, we're which Americans. is we're all Americans. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm trying to hope for the best. Exactly. Th- uh, th- that can be um, followed up by 50 comments of hate, of hate. on social media exactly. Exactly. because you say, look, I don't, I don't know, but I'm trying to stay optimistic. Because I'm not taking up arms like you are. Right. Not you, Sheena, but I mean no. like the, the, people who are, the, the people who are taking up arms. I'm going to work. Or I'm going to try and work, work from the inside. Right. Work, work on a spiritual level. For Me change. too. Me too. Right, right. And, and it's so funny because I love when they when people send me comments saying, "Don't you know we're in a war?" And I think, "Don't you know we've always been in a it's war?" Always been a war. It's always at, at, from the first time probably that a human being stood halfway upright. upright. It's been a war between people who wanted enlightenment and people who didn't. And people, people who wanted to turn the clock forward right. and people who wanted to turn it back. People who wanted your land simply because they wanted it. People right. who wanted your wife. People who wanted your daughter. People right. who wanted your jewels. People who wanted... I, I, I've tried to think back to a time in this planet's history where there has been absolute peace. There never has been. No. There never has been. No. So I, I mean, I, I, I wonder what peace would look like. I think, didn't, didn't they do an X-Files about that? Somebody wished for absolute peace. Oh. I, th- I think there was an X-Files. It's very Twilight episode. Zone, too. Or, or maybe it was Twilight Zone. Yeah. And maybe your listeners will know this. Someone did an episode where the world was at absolute peace and it was a shambles oh. which is which is which is interesting yeah it was it was for various reasons it was a shambles not saying to promote war i'm just saying we don't know what that looks like no we don't know what that looks like no i always say uh, watch the documentary the dark side of chimps and then imagine them in jeans and button-up shirts yeah, yeah. because really there is yeah, that angry sure. primate part of us that's right that really just right. wants a pecking order. That's right. Wants to decide who who's in the um, who's in the top echelon and who's not. Who who deserve who who has a voice and who doesn't deserve a voice. And if you look at everything from and greed, you have to factor in greed and man. greed and and covetousness and all of the deadly sins. That's right. You you realize it doesn't matter if you're in the most advanced Western civilization or you're still somewhere on the earth where things are very tribal. 
the breakdown is exactly the same. And, and now we are doing it in this country even more than we ever did before with red states and blue states right. and, right. and, you know, whose lives matter and don't and right. whose rights matter and, and don't, don't and yeah. who's in control of whose body. And we just all need to take a super deep breath. People are being attacked for saying all lives matter. Yeah. It's like, no, they do. But all, all, lives, all lives do matter. All lives do matter. Yeah. yeah. Even our furry people. Our, let's, yeah, our, okay, our, so let's talk a little bit. Sometimes I think they matter even more. About elephants, because oh. what is it like? Because I, I have never had this privilege. What is it like to be in the presence of an elephant? To be in the presence of an elephant for, well, up close, let's say, yeah. where the elephant can touch you. Right. Not... Not, not not to like, be at a circus. Not to be at a circus, to be at a, or 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 to, or even at some of the um, um, protective contact zoos. Okay, no, to be to be in the presence of an elephant where it's, you're actually having a moment a with moment. an elephant, it's, and it's ha- and and he or she is having a moment with you. Yeah, it uh, it sends your vibration into the stratosphere. It really does, and it doesn't come back down. Uh, wherever you are at, your DNA is permanently changed if you are at all any kind of a humanist a spiritual being if you if you believe you know the great line from hamlet there are more things in heaven and earth yeah and you honestly believe that because by the way there are (laughs) Um, if you subscribe to that there is no way you cannot walk away from that experience not changed because in addition to being one of the four smartest animals on the planet with an intelligence that is that approaches human intellect the others right. being the crow the pig and the orca an elephant's soul is it's like they wear it at the tip of their trunk do you know what i mean it's just right out there it's it's available for the taking for the asking if and and they lo- they they want to work with us they want to know us love us they have no innate fear of us why should they um so it's it's one of the more one of the more profound things I've ever experienced in my life, and it was it was the uh, Wildlife Alliance um, Preserve a, just outside of Phnom Penh. You actually it was interesting. You have to pass through the killing fields to get to this from Phnom Penh um, to get to this preserve, and it's run by a man named Nick Marks, and he oversees. In fact, if, if anybody wants to get elephant trainer in the room, there's a whole big, you know, half of the documentary is spent on Nick Marks and what he's doing at this at the at this particular um, preserve. But we were lucky enough to see two cows, two female elephants, as we were driving into sort of you know the main peopled compound to see these two elephants with their mahouts, with their trainers bathing in this lake and eating off eating you know reaching up and getting uh, leaves and branches off of these trees on this island and then sort of lumbering their way back across onto you know out of the lake and we stopped the car and we were on sort of a levee and it was in hindsight kind of foolish for us to be on this levee because these elephants could have walked right over the cars and walked right over us yeah but these mahouts sort of guided them. The elephants knew Nick, and one elephant walked right 
up to me, and I just, I, I knew from experience, you just stand straight still, and you look them in the eye, and you don't move, and you, you, don't, you don't show any fear, because truly there's nothing to really be afraid about. Sure. And with her trunk, she stopped, and with her trunk, she just started wrapping it around me and sort of searching me, kind of going over my physical form with her trunk. And I was covered with elephant, elephant snot, which was oh, wonderful. lovely. It was, no, but it was true. It was because, and there, it's a very, and nothing smells like an elephant. Nothing else smells like an elephant. So it's this is very sort of musky, dusky smell. And I just stood there and she was magnificent. And she just looked at me and I, I, I like to think that she was saying, okay, I get you. I understand your heart. I know you. I trust you. You, know, you we, sort of we can we can we can be buddies. You s- sort of feel when you look into their eyes, and I've never looked into one an elephant's eyes in person, but like they're they're looking into your soul. She was taking my measure. She was taking the measure of me, not just as a you know what's 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 the what's the construct of my sinews and flesh, and was I going to hurt her, and what you know what was my eye color? No, she was taking my measure as a human, as an as another creature, as another vibrating creature creature on this planet. Right. I I I know that. It's not like just I like to think that or I believe that. No, I know that. And it was. It's the first time that that's ever happened to me. I don't. There hasn't been a lover that's done that. Lord knows my husband didn't do that. I mean, God love him, but no, you know, and no one's ever done that. Maybe my mother did at one point, but this creature did, and I was cognizant of it. That's so beautiful. It, it's 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 one of the like two most profound moments in my life, and I couldn't even tell you what the other one was. <laughs> <laughs> I think that makes it the most. The, the closest I've ever come to that is with a dolphin. Yeah. The same kind of thing where I yeah. felt like the dolphin yeah. was really looking at my soul. And, and, and occasionally you have that experience with a human where you feel like a human being is really interested in your soul. But it doesn't happen as often as I think that you people like you and I wish it I did. I think it happens. I, I think I, I, I have it with you. Yes, absolutely. We have I it with each you, other. Because you, you just, you, you take the measure. You take the, That's I, all I you, care about. Well, you can't help. That's how you're wired. Yeah. That's how you're wired. And, and interestingly enough, I, I believe in another life I was an elephant. When I look at elephants, I've always collected elephants. I have elephants all over my house. And, and when, I was, when I was young, and, and even the, the, the older that I got, the more I, I, can, I can tell you what it feels like to be in that body. Mm-hmm. And it's very familiar to me. It always has been. And maybe, maybe what I learned from being an elephant in another life is that I learned to take the measure of someone's soul. Yeah. And, and it's just automatically what I do with everyone around me. Um, I wouldn't doubt it for a minute. I wouldn't I, doubt it for a minute. I wish sometimes that I was, that I, that I did it all the time, that I didn't sometimes fall back into that, <laughs> that human, um, you know, that, that into my monkey self where <laughs> I would sometimes take the measure of someone's soul, Carolyn, and just say, this creature is simply not for me and keep going. But unfortunately, I have all the foibles that come with humanity. And some of them are that you think, oh, but th- they'll get oh, better. Oh, or, they'll, oh, they'll get better. I, I, if I'm just really nice to them, they'll be nice. I can make a dress out of that red flag. <laughs> exactly. 
I can yes. I can make drapes and tapestry. Uh, tell you, I can make drapes out of I can make a dress out of the curtains like nobody's oh business. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I I mean, yeah. I I, I agree. I'm starting to listen. To, an, another people say that that's also listening to their intuition. Sure. Well, your intuition is also. I think I, I'm, I'm taking my headphones off. Um, it's a uh, it's a measure. It's like like a step below. I would say soul soul searching. Sure. Um, because intuition also comes with, you know, taking the topical character and what, you know, what did they just say and how do they mean that? And, and you know, the, the sentence, people tell you who they are within the first three sentences. Within the first three sentences, someone t- will tell you exactly who they are. And we as, as humans think we can get around that. We can, you know, I, we can again make dresses out of the red flags but i've learned and i think i think i've learned i've learned to start listening to my intuition and to, and to try and soul search uh i'm not as i'm not as good at it as i think you are or as elephants are but maybe oh maybe you think i so? think i'm i think i'm very good at it in some respects i think i'm very not so good at it in some respects i'm you know i'm i'm a I'm the cockeyed optimist. I'm an Aries. We we reset every day, and the good thing about that is we reset every about the good thing about that is we reset every day, and the bad thing about that is we reset every day. We reset every day. Well, is I, that sometimes maybe my my elephantine memory right is not as as long as it should be in regards to sometimes I make the same mistakes over and over again with people. I have yeah. When course. I should know better. Listen, I'm a Gemini, but I, then I think I have a I have a lot of Aries in me because I'm 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 I again I, I try to. Try to be optimistic. Try to be very, very optimistic. And, and, but I really have come to believe in the last four or five years of my life that, that there really are entities on the earth, human, animal, non-human, that really just do not have everybody's good intentions at heart. And, and the, yeah, the, I, the I object would... is just to sort of try to steer around as much as you can and help as many people that have been damaged by I it. wouldn't necessarily, I would, the only thing I would possibly not agree with in that is the, is, is the animal part. I would say that, that he, there are humans who do not have humans' best interest at heart. Yeah. I would absolutely agree with that. I would not say that about animals. They, and certainly not the four most intelligent. Um, they want to they be left alone, they, or they either want to be left alone or they want to work with us. Um, Animals want to be left alone, or they want to work with us. They do not have the destruction. We, we, you know, to sort of what an- anthropomorphize animals like that gets it makes for great Disney movies. And <laughs> but but it but it doesn't but it doesn't it's it's not necessarily true. They and again, they don't need us. Animals do not need us to function beautifully on this planet in its in its optimal state. Sure. They need now. We need them. We need them big time to function. Um, and animals now, I would say, in within the last twenty twenty five years, now uh, there are a number of species that do need us if they want to continue. And sure. We and and we are we are tasked with preserving them. That's why we need modern zoos, modern modern aquaria. Um, Absolutely. Right. And well, and certainly we, animals that we've domesticated. That's right. And and we also need to because we need to take care of the animals whose environments we have so t- totally fucked up. Right. We that's now incumbent upon us. We screwed them up. We need to take care of them. Right. Exactly. But I would agree that there are humans that do not have people's best, best interest. 
uh, the polar opposite of that is that there are people people walking around, and I would even maybe venture to guess some animals who have reached a state of transcendence, and, and yet, like the, like the elephant that maybe chooses to stay here, or I, maybe Mother Teresa. There, we, you know, in, the, in, in Hindu, they call them bodhisattvas. Yeah. They don't have to be here anymore. They've learned it all. They've come back so many times, sure. an infinite number of times. They have gotten it. They have, they've transcended, but they choose to stay and maybe even come back a few more times to help us poor sons of bitches on this planet. Yeah, so I agree. So you've got, on one hand, people who do not uh, have our best interest, and you've got, on the other hand, people who only have our best interest and want to help us. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know? So, so. And, and, when you, and, and you, know who's, you know who's the closest thing to a bodhisattva that I've ever met mm. is a woman who's about, I guess, like three feet tall. She's more like four feet. Her name is Lek Chilert. Ah, the elephant lady. The, in Elephant Nature Park. And I had the yeah. privilege of spending a day with Lek, you know, uh, f- during the filming of this of this uh, documentary. And wow. did, much of the documentary is about her and what she's doing. She's, I swan, I swan, she's a bodhisattva. She, she, because the way she interacts, if she's not a bodhisattva, she's damn close. She's 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 only got a couple. A couple she, only, she only needs a couple more go rounds, and she'll be there. I first encountered her when I had a crew of people on my on my daily show here at LA Talk Radio that were doing a film called How I Became an Elephant, and it's a beautifully done film. My pal Georgia Fox was one of the producers, and I love, um, I, I love Georgia. I isn't she lovely? Yeah, she's she's great. She's a little more on the activist side than I am, but very but, much about about much, yeah. the world and yeah. about. Um, just, yeah. just a very yeah. kind yeah. Yeah. human she's, she's, that I she's adore. Tremendous and and a hell of an actor. Oh, and amazing! Hey. And there's a scene in that film where there's an elephant that is just recently been rescued, so is still suffering with the PTSD sure. of humanity. And Lek uh, kind of holds her and bathes her while she sings to her. She, she Lek loves to sing. And I have to tell you that that was a life changing moment for me to to hear to see this tiny little human sort of rock this elephant while she sang yeah. to her. Yeah, uh, abs- unbelievably if beautiful. I was actually supposed to spend Christmas. Was supposed to spend the, spend the holidays a couple of couple of weeks back in Chiang Mai at Elephant Nature Park with Lek. Um, and for various reasons, I wasn't able to do it this year. But uh, either next year, or when I get uh, a hiatus from something, or I've got a, I've got a, I've got a week, I will go back to Lek. And she's she's welcomed me with with open arms. And if you want to come, I think you should. Uh, more than anything, if I'm available to go, I, I want to come. I think you should. This is one of those life moments where you should you gotta make yourself available, and not only that, but you could probably do the show from there. Oh, that that's e- the that's the easy there. part. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, because I I we, just I think that uh, there's something so we can record my show and your show from there. From yes, we can you, we can, and just you can go help, do radio. You can help this luddite figure out how to do it because <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to do it. <laughs> uh, I just think there's something so. There's some things in humans and in all creatures that are so innately beautiful. And for your go-to when encountering a being that has been emotionally and spiritually damaged to rock them and sing to them, to me that is the purest and the most beautiful thing in the world. And, and, and you never knew her, so you don't know this, but I was, I was raised by a person like that. Really? That I really believe was somebody who came back. 
and who believed that she came back just to raise me, which that's her thing. That's not, I'm not saying that, but she would always say, I can't imagine, because she had had a, a lousy, horrible life, as people like that often do. And she said, I don't know why I would have been here, why I would have come back unless it was to raise you. And I know that I did that because someday you would do great things. And this was what I was raised with this knowledge. And when she passed, I was, after she passed, I was cleaning out her office and I found a journal that she had written to herself that said, don't ever read with her name on it. So I read it because it didn't say I shouldn't read it. It said she shouldn't read it. And it was basically about a lot of the fear that she had when she was just about my age. So when she was my age, I was in high school. And the fears that she had and the worries that something would happen to her and there would be no one to take care of me because she was really my only family. And then again, she wrote, I I can't imagine why I'm here unless it was for me to have raised this person that I know will grow up and become something great. And it, it sat with me for a few days. And then I realized that she had... She had it right, but she had it backwards, that I don't think that that she was here to raise me so that I could be great. I think that I was put here to spend the first half of my life soaking up her teachings so I could spend the next half of my life sharing them with the world because she was really... She was really that ascended master. It was her. She I'm, always thought it was me. And now I'm making myself cry since I made you cry. It's only fine. fair. That's fine. Uh, Listen, that's, that's it, it, it was her that had the teaching, and she was such a healer and such a gifted. She I was a I'd teacher and a therapist in real life, and she was a brilliant psychic medium, and she was really um, constantly connected to the whole, but it was very hard for her sometimes to be around people, and she isolated herself a lot because she felt everything that everybody felt, and because she felt safe with me, and because I I never did anything to make her feel not safe, uh, because we had that kind of a that kind of a soulmate relationship. Um, she just constantly, you know. These beautiful things came out of her mouth that I picked up and that I've carried on my entire life. And that's why when she passed, I knew that my life was never going to be the same. And I knew that that my life was going to take a different course and that there was something very special that I was supposed to do with my life because of her. And then lo and behold, two days after her birthday... Here we are. Here we so are. and and here we are. And this is and and it's nascent. You have no idea what this is going to become. This could become the next movement. The, I it, mean, let's think big. Yeah, this is going to become big. Let's. Think I really believe that big. because I believe it's something that people need, and it's a way to latch on to something that doesn't have political affiliation. It doesn't have religious affiliation. It doesn't have. It's not regional. No. It's not classist. It's not sexist. Whoever you are, our vibration is the same void of all of those things well you the word you used was the 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 the, art, the brilliant word it was the genius word the whole that's it again if you want to think of something larger than yourself out there if you really need to put it into a concrete form i mean i've gone so far as to think of like the universe and we are simply fingers of the universe having a physical form and relaying that information back up back up to the whole yeah this is this is what and if everyone can think of the whole as everything on this planet and this is the known planet 
with with with, with right. life forms on it. Right. Let's not be so arrogant. It's the to pla- think only we planet are, we know we about. Know of, but let's again not be so arrogant as to think that it's the only one. Right. Please stop. Come on, that's ridiculous. But everything is the whole. And if you want to, you know, kind of make yourself crazy, you go, well, what came before the whole? Who knows? I don't know. Right. I, I don't, don't know. That's it not always my, has been. It's not my business to know. It's that. not my business. It, time I can't is not, figure out time anything. Time is not linear. Right. Uh, it's you know. So it, but animals, people, things, whatever. It's all part of the whole. And this, this, this particular show, I, it, that's you're going to address that because that's what it's about. Yeah. And yes, many lives, many masters, many lives. Everyone lives many, many lives. Whether you want to believe it or not, sure. more power to you. If you need to hold on to that, you know, Judeo-Christian or Islamic or Hindu or Shinto construct to get you through, that's great. Yeah. But no one's going to tell me or convince me any differently that I mean, because you simply can't learn everything you need to learn in one lifetime. You can't learn it in sixty years yeah. or eighty years or one hundred and two years. You can't do that. Well, I think there are religious doctrines that are not based on the idea of learning and enlightenment they're based so, on the idea of good and bad good and bad you're put here for whatever reason and, you, know, reward you either punishment. right you follow exactly. the rules you exactly. don't follow the rules you're rewarded exactly. you're punished right. and then you get to go to a or b when you right. die depending on what you do right um, right. If that if that's if that's your belief system, that that's fantastic that's with right. me. Uh, it's not mine, but that's okay. That's right. I, I like to think there's something more than that. But then at the same time, even if that's your belief system, then why not raise the vibration while you're here? Exactly. Why not do exactly. the best you can do? do the, why yeah. not follow the Christ path? Why not do what what Buddha would have wanted exactly. you to do? Exactly. Why not? What do, do well? You know the. I guess the benign Allah. <laughs> if you, if right. you choose, do, if you right. choose that. follow the benign Allah. Follow the benign Allah. Uh, follow the nice. Follow you know, the, do do, do do every single religion and spiritual practice has one thing in common, and it's do good. Do good. Right, right. So just do good. That's it. And if you believe it's going to get you to heaven or you believe it's going to get you to the next level of spiritual evolution or you believe if you really, you really, really, really do a lot of good in this in this life, maybe next time you get to be an elephant. Uh, right. It, it, it doesn't matter. It's all, about, it's all about just do good. Do good solely for the sake of doing good. And you have no idea how good that's going to make you feel. How good it's going to make you feel. So let me ask you something. If if you believe that the that humans sometimes don't have our best interest at heart, but animals always do, what do you think it is about the Homo sapien species that differentiates itself from all the other species of the Earth? Well, it, aside from our ability to accessorize, um, <laughs> but that's but that's doing good. That's doing accessorizing. Good. That's, right. that's good, especially if you if you deal with some Valentino <laughs> accessories that I fantastic. Our cognizance of the seven deadly sins, of what has of of, of those things that have now come to be the se- the seven deadly sins, our cognizance of the fact that there's that we can we can bloody somebody up and take their land, um, the ability to the idea of torturing torturing information out of somebody animals don't do that. Um, they are territorial, sure, but they will take an area. They they will take an area, but it's for the furtherment of their tribe. The, it's for, for the furtherment of their pack or their flock. Um, the you know then you get it. You get into questions of what is human nature. 
Is human nature good or bad? There are those that think, well, human nature is just innately good. There are those that think, no, it's not. That we have to be taught to be good because human nature will, from, you know, in, in, in earliest childhood, we want what somebody else has. We want that. We want. We see little Timmy playing with a toy. We want to take it away. We want as much food as 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 somebody else gets. We want that sugary treat. We want our mother's love. We demand. We demand. We demand. And if we're mollified, we know we can expect things. So, with regard to, but it's interesting because a lot of things that you mentioned, an animal sees another animal with a pineapple. They want the pineapple. Animals want their mother's love, too. It's, it's interesting how we all want the same things, yet for some reason human beings go about it in such a different way. Go about way. it in, in, a, in a much more warlike and vicious fashion. Um, something that I, I said on my Facebook page the other day, uh, animals are, well, humans are the only species that tortures for pleasure. Yeah. You would never, animals are just, they're, they're inst- instinctual. And we've lost a lot of that. We've overlaid a lot of that, I think. Yeah. Um, and we've covered it up with greed, with vanity, with um, how much food can we eat? Animals don't right. usually, animals aren't gluttons. Um, peacocks are vain only to attract a mate, and then they, I think they mate for life, I believe. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's the intricacies of human nature. I don't necessarily know that I think, I, I think you do, and correct me if I'm wrong, that human, human nature is innately good. I don't know that I think that. No, I, I don't know. I, th- I don't I, think I, that. I, I, don't, I don't think that, but I think no. animal nature is consistent. I, I, and I think animal nature is, is not bad. Does that make sense? It, it absolutely makes sense. Animal if, nature is not bad. It's consistent with, within each species, but human nature is not innately good. I, I think that, um, that human nature, and not to get too spiritual, because although obviously this is going to be a show where we talk about spirituality, I try not to make it so much about that. I believe that there are people who are innately good, and I believe there are people that are innately bad, and I feel that a lot of people sit on the fence. And at different points in their life are different things. I do think there are people that come here just to do good, that always think about good, and that even if they're doing something that might seem compromising, like tell a lie or, or you know, even sometimes, you know, justifiable homicide. Somebody kills your child. It's, it's never from a place of darkness. It's right. always from a place right. of trying you, you to get some, to right. Yes, you kill someone who's trying to harm your family. Right, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I do, I do believe, and a lot of people argue with me, and especially in the New Age community, and, and I kind of grew up in the New Age community, where my mother was somewhere between what I like to call a, a teachings of Christ Christian and, and sort of a, a closet metaphysicist, and I didn't know till I was in college that she, was, she had these, this metaphysical leanings that she had had since the 50s. Um, so throwing myself into the New Age community thinking it was going to be this haven from Judeo-Christianity, I realized, first of all, there's darkness in that community, too. And secondly, there's this sort of la-la-la-la-la-la, nothing to see here with a lot of New Agers where they they don't want to believe that that darkness exists. They don't want to believe that evil exists. They don't want to believe that there's any bad. They think if you're if you're doing if you're you know molesting children, it's because well you've in a before you came here you created that world for yourself so that 
you could see what it was like. And they have this way to sort of talk themselves out of the idea that there is ever a thing that could, a, a, a person or a, a creature that could be dark. So, so would you say, would you ascribe to the theory that a child molester is a very young soul and hasn't been around this, you know, hasn't had hasn't had umpteen times around this, you know, this playground a lot, or and that somebody like 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 Chiler is a very old soul, or does it not work that way? As far as you're well, concerned, I think that there that it can work that way. I think that there are certainly souls that as they evolve, they become more good. Mm-hmm. But I also sort of think that there are just some souls that aren't good, and I think they're not all new. I think some of them are very old, okay. and I think that, okay. that, that as we evolve as a species, that we will figure out that science and spirituality are two sides of one coin, Absolutely. and that when we do that, we will realize that what we think of as evil and sometimes what we think of as a sociopath is very much the same kind of thing. So, so it would be uh, that, that sort of you know, physical finger of the W-H-O-L-E having that experience. Having that, having that experience as a sociopath or a child molester, and relay and relaying that information. Possibly, back. and yeah, there are people who happen to be harmed by that particular lifetime. Possibly, or I mean, I think a lot of like we're talking about a child molester. I think a lot of child molesters are just people who are deeply damaged for whatever right. reason. Right. Right. But I also think there are souls on our earth mm-hmm. that, as some like a Lek or a Christ or a Buddha or a Mother Teresa, right. that come back from the other side to continue to teach. Right. I think there are some that just come to cause chaos because I really believe that there there cannot be light without darkness and the world is a balance of both. Which is interesting thinking about what Wayne Dyer said that every 20, 50 years or so we up level, we up level in vibration. Sure. Okay, so I guess what's keeping us from up-leveling even faster are those souls that keep coming back to, is to, darkness. Ca- to, ca- to cause to Yeah, cause to and, and I've had this talk with a lot of friends of mine. My friend Dee Wallace, who's very spiritual. I love Dee. And I, and I adore her. Together. And she does, oh, she's wonderful. She does the show made. all the time. And the, the last time she did my show, we started talking about, she said something about not believing in darkness. And then she said something like, I stopped. And she said, does that surprise you? And I said, no, it doesn't surprise me. But the truth was, was that the year before, um, I told her that I was working on a, on a book, which I still am working on, about how to stay love and light in a world full of darkness. And I had told her I was at a party at her house, and I mentioned it to her. And I saw her kind of tilt her head and look at me, and I thought, oh, you don't believe in darkness. And I never addressed it with her. But I told her the story a year later when she did my show. It wasn't that I was surprised. It was that I already knew that from a year before. But I didn't know if she realized that I recognized it then. And I love her, and I believe 100% in, in her right to believe of everything course. she I, believes. I, I, I would venture to say, and this is... It, I, yeah, God bless her. It must be a, a, it must be a lovely way to live. She's a highly enlightened being yeah. who has devoted her yeah. life to helping people, and I adore her. Yeah. She's also a, a gal that's a hell of a lot of fun. She's super talented, yeah. and I just think and she thinks she hangs the moon. But I, I just that's where we differ. I really believe that you can't have darkness without light without darkness. Well, I've seen it. <laughs> and, and I have seen it, too. And I've I felt it. it. And I wish I hadn't. I Believe me. Believe but I have. Me. I've, got, I've, I've written on my, um, uh, on my 
personal Facebook page, on, on all three of my Facebook pages, or six of my Facebook pages, I say, you know what, you, no one ever needs to watch another video of animal, animal cruelty. No, no you, I, I, I said, can't. I said, because I've seen the worst. I've seen the worst, and like Christ, I have taken it on for you. Yeah, <laughs> I've I seen can't. it, and I, I, will, I don't want to. And, and you just need to pay attention to me when I say you never need to see another one. Listen to what I'm telling you. Yeah, and I right. yeah. and I and I'm a night owl. So when yeah. I'm watching television at night and I hear Sarah McLaughlin I start turn, to sing, I, I I'm like, oh god! And I hit and, the mute and button something. and I can't those, do it. Those those commercials can't do it. That's Candyland <laughs> compared to what I've seen. Yeah, I bet. that's a day at Disneyland. Compared I can't. Do, to some I can't. I don't even know what's in those commercials no. because I can't do yeah. it. Yeah. I see one puppy with one eye don't and I'm like, I can't do it. No, I can't. It's it's enough. It's hard enough for me to. To, to walk past the pet adoption and not just peewee Herman out oh. and open all the cages and say, just everyone into my car, everyone into That's my it. car. It's true. I was, at a, I was at an event the other day and it was a lot of vendors and doing, showing this and that and, and they had a pet adoption and they said, would you like to hold the puppy? And I said, more than anything in the whole world. I said, but if I do, and I end, actually ended up holding the puppy, but I said, but if I do, it will take every ounce of fiber in my being not to have I know. You know, four dogs instead of the three that are taking all my time, the three dogs, two cats that are taking my time at home. Yeah. Whom I love more than anything else. And, and they're wonderful. And they're wonderful. They're fantastic. They're just, they're, 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 they're fantastic. Genius, but genius it gets creatures. to the point where if you're taking on so many, then you're not giving any of any, them a good that, life. Right, exactly. exactly. And that's not, exactly. that's not a good thing. If you spread, it's like if, if with anything, you spread yourself too thin, you become no good to anyone for anything. Right. You, and you, so you have to take care of yourself first. Yeah. And your tribe, second, and weigh judiciously who you're going to have in your tribe. That's why I, when I was, I was, very, I was fortunate enough to ride in the Rose Parade just a week ago. A week I ago know, today, you were I was, uh, yes, I was, and How I was fabulous. On the, is that? I was is, on the, is that a lifelong thing? Have you always wanted to do that? List. Oh, I, it, it would be on mine too. Three things on my bucket list. I, oh, only three? Yeah, you're wonderful. Yeah, because I, everything else, I think I can accomplish by myself. I love the Rose Parade. So I was on the Lucy Pet Foundation, Lucy Pet Products float oh. it was the, with for your listeners it was the one with the surfing dogs it was which is surfing dogs growing up in a surf town right, huntington beach right. is one of my favorite the things. longest float in rose the longest float, float in history guinness book of world records holder now joey herrick god bless him and he was on my show and i said and he mentioned the rose parade and i you know i got all a quiver and i said i'd love to and he said yes you will ride on our float but in doing the press for that float ktla abc it was there was a lot of people talking about you know it's the longest float surfing dogs and great and I said I've got to stay on message here and the message is spay and neuter and this goes right in line with you know if you can't spread yourself too thin take care of yourself and your tribe if you're going to give a pet a home make it sure that it's a forever home don't get a puppy for Christmas because it's cute to have under the tree and then realize oh in six months you've got a dog and then decide you're going to give that dog back. That's cruel. That's cruel punishment for that dog. Yeah. If you decide you're going to get, I, first of all, get a dog. Get and 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 if you really want to, if you really want to uplevel your, your karma and your vibration, get a senior dog. Get a senior pet. Sure. They have more often than not, they are the ones that are turned out into the streets. They start having problems with incontinence, with bladder, kidneys, uh, you know, whatever. And they're turned out. They, families just don't love them anymore. That is a dog that has given, 
eight, nine, ten, seventeen, whatever, how many years of love to you and your family, and you're going to turn that that family member out into the cold? That's it's unconscionable behavior. But but why not, Carolyn? We do it with our older humans. Well, <laughs> when their lives become inconvenient, we put them in a place and never go to visit. I'll tell you why not. Even more with animals. No, no, I'm, I'm not saying why not. Like why right, not? Right, I'm right. saying, but that, you know, that, that's not that's, surprisingly that's why not. It's true, but I'll tell you why an animal should you you even more than humans because an animal has no voice. They yeah. truly have no voice. Grandma, it's it should never be done with grandma, but she's at least got a voice. She can if she maybe communicate with with the people that are putting her there and and try and put her foot down she can communicate with the people that are that are bathing her that are that her 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 fellow friends in whatever animals they have no voice they rely especially those that we've domesticated they rely on us they yeah. we are we are their stewards we are their stewards i know and we it's don't uh, and we shouldn't we shouldn't be putting our our, our elderly in homes you know well, I mean, sometimes sometimes it's sometimes it's you have to and because listen, sometimes you don't have the facility right. to take care and of them also, yourself. And, and to be perfectly honest, sometimes a family that has been that's a for, that it's being foreclosed their home, right. or they have they have fallen on truly truly dire times, they have no choice but to give. It's like they're not going to give a kid up. Of course not. They have no choice but to give the animal up. And we have to be very understanding of those circumstances. Right. But there are rescues who will take pretty much unless it's a it's a you know Heinz fifty seven mud. And those are sometimes those are often the best dogs ever, right? But if you have a if you have a specific type of dog, you can find a rescue that will take their dog. There are rescues now for every single breed. Yeah, every single breed. So you know, start there first, and we hope that it, you know from this day forward, it never ever comes to that. So yes, there are, there are circumstances where we have to be tolerant, we have to be understanding, but when it's just a matter of inconvenience, we don't. So you know what. I, it's, it's, he's incontinent, and I don't like he's peeing on my carpet. Oh, I uh. had a I had a cat, a lovely, sweet, emotional Pisces little boy. This boy was my heart, but he had an anxiety disorder, and he sprayed everywhere. Yep. And and when people would come over and tell me, just get rid of him, just get rid of him, I would think, I think I need to get rid, get of, rid you. of you. I think yeah. I need to get rid of you out of my life. I if think that, I if think that's I, your go to. Yeah. I got rid of a lot of friends because Good. that was is people that would say, well, you know, can't you just, can't you just get rid of him? I mean, isn't there just something that could be done? And then he got um, uh, that kind of bizarre. Uh, it, it seems like irritable bowel syndrome, and, and then it sometimes turns into lymphoma that cats get. Yeah. And then people were like, oh, well, now you have to get rid of him. Look at him. Because he, he started to look like, you know, he was in the Rolling Stones. He was like three pounds. Mm. He was like the Keith Richards cat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it was like, uh, then when he was no longer cute and cuddly, it was, oh, and well, now you have to get rid oh, of him. see? These it's people, like, these people wow. Need to, you need to get rid of these people out of your Where life. Where is your soul? Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, seeing how people have treated me. Uh, my animals and and in regards to my animals i think more so than how people have treated me has made me decide who stays and doesn't stay in my life it's i have a really i have a fun little success story uh that of of my own when i uh met my now ex-husband um about what not i guess like 10 years ago um he came to he got rid of his apartment came to live in my apartment and I had Ella Ella the Wonder Cat we loved Ella she's a beautiful black and white cat and 
when we moved into what became our home, now my home, uh, we got Liza Jane, the dog. And Ella wasn't thrilled with Liza Jane. Ella, was, Ella, often was, Ella wasn't thrilled with anybody. Sure, yes. I had one like that, too, right? named Aaron. Right, mm-hmm. yeah, right. But I said, okay, everyone's going to have to learn to love each other. And then we got uh, Buster, Buster, Buster the Wonder Cat, and Ella the Princess. And Ella was not thrilled at all. And Buster was just a tiny little kitty. And I thought, okay, everyone can, you know, we'll train everyone. Ella started staying outside and refused to come in. And we've had some brutal um, hellish storms and hellish heat waves yeah. in the last, you know, 10 years. Sure. Well, Ella, and, I, she, and she wouldn't let me catch her. For the first couple of years, I could catch her to take her to the vet, and then she would skedaddle. She, but I, she was fed now for the last 10 years, 365 days a year. Well, we had, you know, as you know, three about three weeks ago, a monster storm, really cold. Not the coldest we've had, but really, really cold. And I just picked up Ella. I said, I've had enough of this foolishness. <laughs> and I took her and I sat her on the bed. And now we're, we've added now two dogs. Right. Then, so now there are three dogs and Buster. And, I, and everyone was just kind of cool. And Ella, to her credit, decided, you know what? I like it in here. It's comfortable. I'm on the bed. It's warm. It's toasty. And she's now become an indoor cat again. Good. She, she goes out during the day. The only problem is Sophie Tucker, my poodle mix, yeah. looks at Ella like she is a bar of gold. Either that or or she's, you know... Like from the future, and it's like I've placed a forty-five, you know, forty-five disc on the on the on the bed. It's like, what is this thing? What is this thing? I don't know what it is. And Ella, Ella just tries to be cool about it, but it's like, stop chasing the cat around the house. And Ella's very, very underweight, very, very underweight. You know, she but she's again, she's sixteen years old. Yeah, she's either sixteen or seventeen or eighteen, so she's she's fine. And I'm I'm actually debating. On, in terms of quality of life, what would be best for her? To take her to the vet and find out that there's everything wrong and traumatize her further. Yeah. Or just let her just, because she doesn't seem to be in any pain whatsoever. She doesn't seem to, she has all her teeth. She doesn't seem to have anything wrong with her. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. I'm think I'm, I think you made you be just kind of chill. Chilling on the it's bed. It's sort of a frontier, of life. a frontier thing, right? Yeah. I think sometimes people live to be older during that time. That's right. Because we didn't mess them up with medications yeah. and fear of yeah. everything. Yeah. And, and, so and, and some cats just, as I said, Aaron was like that, my first one. Some cats just uh, march to their own drummer. Yep. And they're just, they're just going to do what they're going to do. Yep. And it's best to just leave them alone. And Molly, my cat now, who was the youngest of, at one point I had four cats, um, two, guinea, uh, two guinea pig, no, two rabbits and a guinea pig and a Pomeranian. And um, I also had a partner, so it was much easier to keep track of all those <laughs> I know, animals. I know. And slowly but surely, everyone died happily of old age. Uh, the day my mother died, my dog died, and she was 17 and oh, a half. Oh, wow. You got a win. I know. I really did. Within, within four hours of each other, oh both of them. Oh, my I like to think that they wanted to be with each other. And they both just developed. Their hearts just suddenly stopped at the same time. They loved each other, too. I think one yeah. of them went to keep the other one company. I'm going. I'm going with her. And, um, uh, you know, Molly's, everyone just, she just kind of aged, everyone aged out, and she's left. 
and she's always been a cat who, who was the most wonderful cat ever. The one that at the rescue place, they tried to talk me out of adopting her. Oh, you don't want this one. You want, look at Peppercorn. Look how bad he wants to be adopted. This one is trouble. I'm like, no, I'll take the maudlin Irish looking one, please. Uh, and she, so wonderful, best cat I've ever had, except you never could pick her up. And in the past six months, she's decided that she lets me hold her now. Really? And it's nice because it's been a rough year and she feels like a teddy bear. Yeah. And it's nice to hold her. And suddenly she, she'll let me do it for, you know, 10 minutes or so. And then she's like, Arr. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. We've had enough That's with right. mommy. We, we, we but like she suddenly steps. decided baby that it's, it's okay to be held. So bless her for that. I now have not four, but five animals on the bed with me at night. Yeah, it's five the best animals. thing in the world. It is, except when you li- when Sophie Tucker comes and slams her body against yeah. my left side, and Arbuckle slams his little body against my right side, and I am literally the cream filling in an Oreo sandwich, and <laughs> yes. just, it's so tight. But Buster, the Wonder Cat, he will come, and he will just perch himself on my chest, and I'll just, you know, knead the sides of his face and give him back wonderful back rubs for, you know, like 10 minutes. And I've forgotten that Ella likes this exact same thing. And then at any given moment, she will lean forward and bite my nose. Oh. Just bite down on my nose. And I was like, whoa, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Yeah, kitty rules. Uh, Molly likes to fall asleep uh, with her mouth on mine. So sometimes I wake up and there's this, like, I'm like, what is in my field of vision? And it's her giant (laughs) face. There's something about her. She likes to crawl up on the other pillow and then slowly while I'm sleeping, slide down and just put her mouth on mine. And she always has to have one foot on me. There always has to be one pad on me. And uh, but you know what? She's the best cat they in the are, world. They are miraculous. Animals are just miraculous yeah. creatures. They're 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 the embodiment of healing. They're healing yes. in a package. Yes. When I am down, when I am uh, trying, you know, getting into that place where I need to re- figure out how to marshal and redouble my efforts into into optimism. But those moments when I am, and I have them, of course. I will. I'll, I can go sit on the couch or go lie on the bed, and everybody comes up, and there I can tell their vibration is because they're concerned about mom. Yeah, I can oh, yeah. tell. And Arbuckle will cut my little my little soldier, my little Karen Terrier Yorkshire Terrier mix will come and he'll he'll put a paw on me. Sophie will come and put her head like right on my chest, and Liza will do exactly the same, and so will Buster. Everybody will. They they and like they'll circle. And they'll want to kind of get a little closer than they normally do. Yeah. Sometimes they're a little diffident. It's like, oh yeah, mom's here. Fine, fine. But when I'm when I'm you know have when the glass is half empty, um, they they're the ones. They're the, they're the healers. They know and they want to make it right. They yeah, I don't know how anyone lives without them. I often wonder. People yeah. tell me that about children, and I don't have children, so I find it fascinating when people when a, when a, when an animal passes. Um, People say, oh, I just need to get over the, over the death, over the death, which I understand. But to me, the best way to understand that is that when an animal passes, they have specifically gone on to make room in your heart and your home for another animal. Yeah. For another animal. And you have to, and it's, it's incumbent upon you. If you, When you give an animal a home, it has to be a forever home. And if, you, if, if it's not going to be a forever home, don't take it. Because... You, you you raise that animal's spirits, and then you go and you dump it again? Uh-uh, no. 
yeah forever home see when, when i was a kid the animals were like i mean literally the dogs were my brothers and sisters and that's how i was raised to think yeah. because um uh, my mother herself was an orphan and had as a child in an orphanage during the depression people would come and adopt her for the summer for labor and then bring her back you know foster her and then bring her back I, I, so I, I mean i don't even know what to say hearing those stories yeah. of of that idea that she would think she was going to get adopted and then when the crops were all you know uh, harvested oh they would send her back God. and so to me the idea that you would do that to was an she animal paid? Of course not. Oh she was a God. foster child. <gasps> she was paid and she got to eat. Yeah, was she paid? I mean, I honey, we're talking I, about the South in the thirties. Thirties, I guess. Yeah, no. I don't know where I was thinking. I guess no. There are no, no. internships that are unpaid now, right? That's old state law. No oh, is that is that? Yeah. I believe so. Okay. I believe you can't have an unpaid internship. So I'm thinking, well, did she at least come yeah. up with a few pennies? Uh, no, she <laughs> she came home with not starving oh to death. Oh, my God. Yeah. So so for her, oh. an animal was was everything. It was it was like adopting a child. And you there was no way that you didn't keep them until the and end. And I would, I, would, I would venture to say that the animals on whatever farm she was on just it's like psychically and spiritually took her in. Oh, I'm absolutely sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my, the dogs were in, completely enchanted with her. As a matter of fact, the last uh the, the last dog that we had before Mickey who she uh was still alive when she passed and and I made the I had I, Mickey kind of did a couch tour while she was in and out of assisted living because Mickey would have hated where I live. I don't have a yard and I'm never home and he was somebody who needed a a home forever and ever. And so a lot of my friends took care of him. He sort of did a tour. I saw that Mickey's Mickey's tour 2015. And and then when she passed, um, I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but my friend Peggy O'Rourke had him. She was, uh, you probably know her, she's an actress. Yeah. And um, she had asked to take him uh, because uh, the, my friend who had him before, there was a problem with one of her dogs. She said, let me take him for a while. And mom was in kind of a strange place and she had just gone back in the hospital. So she was the first person that I texted and I said, uh, my mom passed, and I, I don't know what we're going to do, but are you okay to hang on to Mickey for a while, and, and we'll figure it out? And I'm trying to think of how I can rearrange my entire life and, and make him happy, because I knew as much as I work and as much as I'm out of the house and not having a yard, and, and Peggy and her significant other have a, like a ranch out in uh, Palmdale, someplace where they, they run, and then they've got a place in town, a place out of town, and she's got like, I think Mickey is her seventh. And she sent me back a text right away, and she said, um, how would you feel about, about me becoming Mickey's forever mother? And she said, I know, that's, I know it's too soon, and I know you're not ready to decide yet, but, but here's what happened. So Mickey and I have been lighting a candle for your mom while she's been sick, because the last six days it, she was critical. And um, we light a candle for her every night, and I asked him if she passed, if he would be okay with me being his new mommy. And he high-fived me. And when she told me that, she didn't know that Aye. that that was a thing my mom and Mickey did. They high-fived each other. And he was she was the only person that he did that with. And, and when she he, didn't know that. And she didn't know that. And when she told me that Mickey high-fived her, I knew that she was meant to be Mickey's mom. And I said, you know what? You have just made the hardest decision of my life uh, past putting my mother in palliative care, which was the hardest. You have made it the easiest decision, and he belongs with you. Yeah. 
and he has six friends to play with and she sends me pictures and we we text back and forth and she sends me his when he's dressed in his christmas costume and when he was dressed in his easter costume and you know with my mom it was just the two of them against the world and he never really had canine friends now he has bad dog sweaters and now he has yeah and and a, a house that every picture is just littered with toys and i brought all my toys and i have more toys i found i'm gonna bring to her so so that's the story of of what happened to my brother mickey who uh who I will always love because every Irish girl has to have a brother named so Mickey. So Peggy, your work has a little bit of a psychic connection with Nick, with Mickey. Yeah, and it was meant for her to be his mom because he high fived her. And uh, so if I didn't cry enough when uh, mom died and then the dog died, then a couple hours later I got that. And uh, you know, it's it's basically just been a year. I'm crying right now. We're we both are. I'm sitting here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh-huh. <laughs> Welcome to raising the vibration oh radio. Gosh. We're gonna take a quick break and then we're right back with you. Right here on LA Talk Radio, my guest is the wonderful Carolyn Hennessy. Uh-huh. Such an honor to have you here, my friend. We're going to do a, a quick little break, and then we're right back with you right here on LA Talk Radio. Welcome to our first show. We're thrilled to be here with you. You're listening to Raising the Vibration with Sheena Metal, only on LA Talk Radio. Irreverent. Entertaining. Cool. You're listening to L.A. Talk Radio. As difficult as it is to believe, there are places in Africa where human traffickers sell albino children and their body parts for use in magic rituals. Humanity Healing International is actively working in Uganda to change this paradigm. The Albino Rescue Project finds albino children who are at risk and places them in safe schools and environments where they can learn and grow free from fear. To learn more or to sponsor a child, visit HumanityHealing.org. Humanity Healing is where your heart is. Alcohol-related harm affects us all. Everyone knows someone who's been touched. Alcohol-related harm ranges from lost jobs to serious mental and physical disease. From ruined family life to property damage, from violent crime to homelessness, death, or prison. Go to alcoholjustice.org and sign up for Action Alerts and E-News. Then you'll be ready to add your voice to many others when it's time to call for action that will reduce alcohol-related harm. Guitar, an amazing instrument. It has developed into an incredible voice in today's music. So many types of guitars, so many styles of playing, all sorts of gear. How does one make their voice be heard as a guitarist? My name is Jeff Floro and welcome to All About Guitar, where we talk tone, we talk technique, we talk gear. So join me, 8 p.m. Pacific Time, 11 p.m. Eastern Time at www.latalkradio.com on Channel One. And let's explore all about guitar. Ohm Times Magazine is one of the leading online content providers of positivity, wellness, and personal empowerment, a philanthropic organization. Their net proceeds are funneled to support worldwide charity initiatives via Humanity Healing International. Through their commitment to creating community and providing conscious content, they aspire to uplift humanity on a global scale. Ohm Times, co-creating a more conscious lifestyle.
California legislator sends Bill SB 524 to Governor Brown to protect youth against institutional abuse. This bill would regulate residential programs notorious for abusing, attempting to convert LGBT youth. Let's be the change. Every child deserves to be treated with dignity and humanity. Stand with the Los Angeles LGBT Center and SIA organization against child abuse. Support SB 524. Go to PYIA.org and let your voice be heard. The Performing Arts Institute separates itself from other actor training programs because of its unique focus on developing an actor's talent from classroom to set. The personalized training that creative director Paul Kampf offers gives actors a deep understanding of how to access real, undeniable truth whether on stage, screen, or in the audition room that opens the doors to a career. Visit www.paitraining.com for more information. Film Lab is the professional production arm of PAI Training, where the focus is providing actors with high-level opportunities to shoot feature films, short films, and series projects, all with the goal of providing actors the best platform for their talent to be noticed. Film Lab supports the actors that call PAI their creative home. Visit www.paitraining.com for more information. When Debbie Fragner gave birth to Maddie, she imagined a world of possibilities. But when her daughter was diagnosed with cerebral palsy, a neurological condition that impacts a person's ability to move and maintain balance, she had to adjust her expectations. Cerebral palsy affects 1 in 323 children in the U.S. While this diagnosis may limit Maddie's physical abilities, it doesn't limit her ability to dream. Maddie is now nine and has a dream to dance, which inspired the creation of the Children's Cerebral Palsy Movement, a nonprofit dedicated to the design and funding of innovative therapies that address not only the physical challenges of these children, but their dreams as well. As part of their Community Giving Day program, Whole Foods Market will donate 5% of net day sales to our movement on June 15th at their Tustin location and June 22nd in Newport Beach. Your purchases on these days will help further our cause. For more information, please call 714-746-4085. That's 714-746-4085. You're listening to Raising the Vibration with Sheena Metal only on L.A. Talk Radio. Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to L.A. Talk Radio. It's Raising the Vibration Radio right here on LA Talk Radio. I'm your host, Sheena Metal. We are at IamRaisingTheVibration.com. You can also find me at SheenaMetal.com. And everywhere on social media, I'm at Sheena Metal. And, of course, always at LATalkRadio.com. My guest is the wonderful Carolyn Hennessy. Where can people find you, my friend? They can find me at www.CarolynHennessy.com, uh, at Carolyn Hennessy, H-E-N-N-E-S-Y, on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, I think there's a picture of me flying through the air on the trapeze yes. on my public Facebook page. Um, that's very groovy. And um, I'm on Instagram now. Woohoo! Are you loving it? I, I post pictures. Okay. I, I didn't do. think I was going to like it, and now i found that I love it. Yes, I, I enjoy it. It's like a little art, art gallery that you make yourself. It is. It is. I'm also on Pinterest. Yeah, I've got I've got groovy things on Pinterest. So, I have, I have uh, a so Pinterest I, page yeah, too, but wow. it's been neglected for a while because I found I became a little obsessed with Pinterest. Pinterest sends me stuff, and right? I had to give it a break. Yeah, they say they say we think you'll page we think you'll like these pins or we think you'll like these pages, and so I go and I 
call through them really, really fast. It's like, yes, okay, uh, that can go on that board, that can go on that board, and then I and that that way I I let them know that I'm Aren't interested in what they're sending me, so they send me stuff. Maybe I need to go back yeah. to pinning. Pinning is fun. Yeah, I've got a great board board called the Royal Bohemian. Oh, which is a it's it's a it's a fashion, but it's uh, Royal Bohemian. It, once you take a look at it, you understand specifically. It's called Har, uh, uh, Royal Blood Hard Times. It's oh. like it's like if the family is suddenly de- dethroned and they have to go live, you know, in it's a wonderful. garret. It's somewhere. like Grey Gardens, yeah. kind of. Very, very, yeah. It's fantastic. Without without the uh, the rolled up panties. Oh, <laughs> without without the rolled up pantyhose. Or the seventy five raccoons. No, yeah, no raccoons. So so w- one thing you mentioned earlier in the show, and then we didn't talk about, is sort of this kind of groovy little theater thing that you've put together. That I think is is a lovely thing. We've never talked about it on the air. Do you mind talking about no, it? No, not at all. It's, it's new it's, and it's, it's fantastic, it's, and it's it's another thing that that you're working towards uh, leveling the playing field a little bit between uh, work for women and work for men. So many, well, specifically women I know who are wonderful actors, incredible actors, are not being given the shots. Right, and. I am, I, I'm, I'm beyond fortunate and ergo beyond grateful um, that I've been given a, uh, some shots. And so brilliant act- actresses that I know aren't being uh, allowed to ply their craft and work on their craft. So I have started, I just, and I, the first play we read was The Women. So I'm calling it The Women. <laughs> I love it. And it's uh, a group of my personal fave actor actresses, um, and there's I think there's actually about fifty five in in the group. Isn't that wonderful? But not everybody, you know, it can come, and not everybody responds or responds per month. Um, and uh, we so the first one, it's once a month. It's at my house, and I'm honored to be a and, part of and, it. And and yeah, and and I'm honored to have you. And you were like again one of the, one of the top on the top of the list. But we read plays. By women, for women, only women, or we read large cast plays, and it's we gender bend because yeah. it's only Why women. And we read the women first, of right. course. That was easy, and that then, was fun. And then we read Twelve Angry Women, which was fun. And, uh, and now um, I'm in love with Twelve Angry Women, and yeah. I want us to. Pre- I, the problem is, is every play we read, I fall in love with, and then I start thinking about how we could do a stage reading somewhere, right. and I just become my my theater producer head goes crazy. Right. right. The next one we're reading is The Man Who Came to Dinner. Oh, that's a wonderful show. It's going to be hilarious. I love that. Hilarious. And there, so uh, the the only criterion is that it has to have a large cast. Right. Or if it's got a small cast, for instance, like Twelve Angry Women, there were basically fifteen people. But was what was cool is is the, the convention that I did. There were three acts, and the jurors are only known as juror number the uh, juror number two, three, four. They were only their juror numbers. So I made little signs, and every act we pulled you know pulled numbers out of a hat, and um, three different women read juror number two. Right. for that evening. So everyone got a chance to read and have a different juror. We saw different takes on different characters because the characters were sort of outlined at the beginning of the play. And I wanted, you know, one, one woman, she was um, a petty, small, mean-spirited, small-minded woman, you know, who only wanted to see who, 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 was, who was, we find out, racist. At the right. Be- right. And so three different actresses had a crack at that, three, three, different, three different takes. And that was the same for every juror. And it was, it was, it was wonderful. Yeah. You put a lot of people to work. I, wanna, you know, I wish I could do it every night, but I can't. 
It's a it's a fantastic um, tribe that's developing. Wonderful. Which is great. Wonderful. And it reminds me of the tribe that, that I've developed oh. d- directing the vagina monologues. Well, the vagina year. monologues. Are you kidding me? That's, it, we, everyone I know, all the women I know who do that drop everything for you. We <laughs> drop everything. Sheena, Sheena has called. We drop whatever. I'm honored. Oh, no. Uh, you know, I, I wanted, I, I did the vagina monologues for the first time in New York. I didn't know. Uh, what it was, other than it, it was a, it was my 39th birthday, and somebody wanted to give me a free trip to New York and put me up at the St. Regis, and I said, well, yeah, Who I'll is do, this person? I'd do Where anything. are they, and, and do they want to talk? So, so, so my, to first, talk to my first Vagina Monologues producer ever, uh, Fiona McKinney, uh, a good Irish girl, uh, her thing was that she was, um, her trade, how she made her living, was teaching um, aromatherapy, yoga, um, various things in the spiritual arts, and then her her humanitarian work, her spirit work, was that she would go to women's prisons and teach all of these things to the to the convicts, so that they could have something good to feel good about themselves. Because so many of these women wind up in the system because they're abused when they're young, and they wind up in some kind of a life of crime and then they just nothing ever makes them feel like they have a skill or a worth so she would teach them how to do uh, essential oils or how to do teach each other yoga or with the idea that you teach a man to fish or a woman in this case and then then they'll continue to teach so um, she fell into finding out about Eve Ensler's work with V-Day and the vagina monologues because of that and put this thing together and her associate producer knew a friend of mine out here and they flew us out there, literally got the St. Regis to donate a room for uh, 10 days for us. Whoa. And we did the show for two nights. Um, Ali Sheedy was in our cast and uh, Catherine Arbe from Law and Order Criminal Intent, who is a, a wonderful actress. And uh, they asked me which monologue I wanted. And I picked out Angry Vagina, which I've always done since then. And completely fell in love with the experience of all of these wonderful women. And, and that was a very eclectic. There was a, a congressman and a city councilwoman in the cast and a, a radio host and a cabaret director and many girls who had just graduated with graduate degrees from Smith and Vassar and that had not yet been on a stage. And it was a, a whole kind of eclectic. And I, and I realized this idea of... That, that is so beautiful about the monologues, the way that, that Eve has V-Day set out now where it's done for charity with a limited amount of days, that you literally become a family in a day. Yeah. And yeah. we did two days on the Upper East Side at a Unitarian church, and I was hooked for life. So, Why did you pick Angry Vagina? Because, I, um, I mean, I've got mine, and I don't ever want to veer from mine. I picked it but. because it's funny, because at the time, uh, I, was an, I was angrier. I was a little more smart assed. I was more of a comedic character actress. <laughs> I had I was working I had just come off of working on the Howard Stern station as a shock jock for seven years. And I was much more edgy. And I loved it because I could do it and bring the house down. I, I went through a phase three or four years ago where I thought, should I still be doing this? Because I'm I'm so not an angry person anymore. Uh, but I love it, and I love it because it's it's easy for me, so that I can put my focus into directing, and I don't have to put my focus on the piece. I could do the piece in my sleep, right. so that I can worry about what's going on with all of you, and then I can just go and knock it out. Um, but I I love it now because people go, oh, you gonna do that again? I mean, I've, I've always done it. So what happened was the year after I did it, 
uh, in New York, I, I sort of had vagina envy. And I didn't know what to do the next year. And uh, the associate producer who had cast me in New York called a girl out here uh, named Victoria Russell, who had been doing it since she was 18 at Pepperdine. She had to get special permission from Pepperdine, because it's a Christian school, to do it on campus. And she was about to do it for her sixth time at the ripe old age of 24. And um, she was doing it with... um, uh, oh, God, Amy Hill was in that production, Jennifer Beals, uh, a whole bunch of the L Word cast. It's where I met my friend Janita Gavankar, who's done the show many times. It's where I met my sh- my friend Jill Bennett. I mean, there's just in, in Culver City at the Actors Gang Theater. And we did it there to two sold-out shows. It was the last time my mom saw me on stage. And I said, I'll do it, and, and I want to do the Angry Vagina, and they gave it to me. And, and then I started f- sort of... Under Victoria's tutelage, we became friends. I started thinking about the idea of producing and directing myself. And she sort of mentored me through my first year of doing it, which was in 2011. I was going to do it in 2009, which would have been the next year. But then um, I got this show, and I, I got the daily show here at LA Talk Radio. I brought my music show over here, and I got so busy that it was, I was so busy trying to put this whole new life together on the air that it took a couple of years for me to have the time to do it. And now I've done it, uh, this will be the sixth year. Wow. And I try to use 100 actresses every time. And uh, it's, I, I wanted an, a, a, a place for, for women to come and be safe and be free and know that they could take chances and know that they could, could try different things and feel like they could come back and do the same monologue or a different one. And and we're, and meet other wonderful people. And there are fifty of us in that green room uh, per night. There are uh, there are twenty six or twenty seven, depending on the year, including me. Oh, that's right. What am I saying? Per you, night. You do, but you I do open cast. Weekend. Yeah, I open cast it every night. It's a different cast. Okay. And sometimes if somebody drops out, then I call somebody like Carolyn Hennessy to come fill in, and Yay. you do another show. Because you always say like I'll do as many as you need. As, I'll, as many as you need. As many. I'll do all of them I'll if you want. Them. Yeah. I'll do all and I always somebody always winds up having an emergency I or just, getting work. Because I have that. And well, well, the great thing is, is that you you carry the you carry the script out on stage with you. Although, like you, I could probably right. do mine in my sleep now because I love it so much. But yeah, but it's but you know what I think there's this is kind of what I love about doing the readings at your house too. There's a different kind of energy that you bring to something when you're on book. Because it becomes less of an acting experience and more of an oral interpretation. Mm-hmm. And it, it has a different kind of reverence for the work. There's a different kind of reverence for the page when you're reading. Exactly. Exactly. You, you, you pretty much need to stick to it. You need to stick to it. Yeah, as opposed to like, uh, well, for instance, like something like General Hospital where you can, I, can, I, I deviate from, I, I veer off the lines. You know, and because there's so much in performance, and you're we're shooting sure. so much, and you just kind of can't get it. And you're moving, and yeah, you're exactly. you know, in a reading, exactly. you're not moving that no, much. No, 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 no. You and you, it's you sort of forced to strictly adhere to to, to the written word. And it's it's sort of made me um, working with with Vida and with the vagina monologues has made me a fan of readings. Yeah. And I love to go see things the same way that, that all my years of, of booking live music, which was my living for many years, made me love an acoustic performance where you could hear every lyric and you could hear every instrument. Um, I, I sort of love readings. And that's why I love the readings at your house, because I like to see the work broken down that way. Yeah. 
it's uh, for me it's a wonderful way to experience theater well we're going to have a good time with the man who came to dinner I it's mean, fantastic it's in so many wacky wacky characters wacky characters I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way to be there even if I just come by and well, say hi. A, well, it's <laughs> okay. Everyone listening, it's at four. Your yeah. thing doesn't start until. I have to be there at six thirty. Six thirty. Yeah, I've got to be there at well, six thirty. At least read part of Act One. I mean, yeah, maybe I come and just do that. Yeah. I just hate the idea of not being there. I hate the it's, idea it's, of you not being because it's too. my girls. I want to come and read with my girls. And the dogs will miss you. And I love the dogs. Yeah. Oh my god! And last time the dogs were just could not believe they were not allowed in until I know. Till intermission. I know. I know. They were very, they were just, they were, they reminded me of uh, people, uh, you know, like the, the crowd on Broadway that can't believe the show's sold out and they still stand there right. outside the theater right. waiting. The Hamilton crowd. They were like, we know eventually there'll be a seat and we'll be let in. Your dogs are wonderful. Well, we'll see. It depends on how many people show up. Maybe, maybe they can stay in. There. How big is the cast of Mannequin Dinner? Um, that's a good question. I actually just got my copy yesterday. Okay. So I haven't, uh, I haven't, I haven't looked it over. But uh, my my dear friend Tracy Powell, uh, who played, she was the one, one, one the she, cute blonde. She, yeah. She's a wonderful actress. Um, she and I have been talking over. You know, because she teaches she teaches at Louisville High School, which is an all girls school. So they she knows a lot of big cast, yeah, all women, yeah, or easily gender bent um, plays. So um, she's 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 sort of helping me with that. I there's got to be like at least I think there's about eighteen. Wow, I think there's about eighteen. I love that. You, if you if you include everybody, and those are shows that you that you don't get to do a lot now. No, because no. of of the of the equity contract and the new equity oh contract, there's no way that you could, that anybody could afford to do a show that big yeah. unless it was. I put up the, the, the Geffen for, the, uh, for um, 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 you can't take it with you because she and I were t- we, we were banding about and I saw. I, I almost said, brought that up two minutes ago. She, and she said, she said, what happened to the man who came to town? I went, oh yeah. So I sent out the replacement. I, email. I almost said, what about you can't take it with well, that's, you? That, that'll probably be next. Uh, I played the Grand Duchess Olga Katrina in high school. Did you really? I did. Okay. It would be yeah. I did. I did. I was all, all right. of fifteen years old. Well, I, all and all I'm doing really is I'm I've taken it upon myself. I will read the stage directions because I I'm I get enough done in my career life. Sure. So I want everyone else to read. I want everyone else to read. Although it's you know. Mr. Whiteside, um, you know, in the man who came to dinner. That's yeah. I can't do it. I, I mean, I, I would love to do it, but I. You know, but but now, I, how do you feel about? It? And this is probably a conversation we should have at dinner and lunch uh, instead of here. But but I mean, I, I think we should do something. I think we should do a stage reading somewhere. Oh, fine. Oh, I'm I'm. Let's take it. Let's I think it. when we figure out which show we want to do. Uh-huh. We should do it, and we can do it for charity. And we can do it at the, we hope, maybe we can do it at the Wilshire E-Bell, because I'm a member of the Wilshire E-Bell. Would absolutely love it. Yeah. And, and I hope you would honor me by allowing me to come on and help you produce. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. Um, I, I love to produce theater. Or we can do it at the Elks Lodge in Pasadena, because I'm also an elk. Are you an elk? I'm an elk. Wow. I became a member of the Benevolent and Protective Order of Elks. Because really? I love their charitable works. I love the E-Bell's charitable works. It's it's groovy, and the Ebel's in such a beautiful place. Oh my God, it's stunning. My friends live in Hancock Park. I was just there last night for the Globes, and as I'm coming back to the Valley from there, I oftentimes, depending on where I turn, pass it. Pass and I love the I love the history of it. Well, it's it's the only club in Los Angeles. It's the I think it's the oldest women's club in the nation. Wow, and it's. The only was the only women's club in Los Angeles for many, 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 many years designed specifically as a women's club, specifically for, for women. Yeah. The risers on the stairs are slightly shorter, 
than in any than any other place because women's they needed women didn't you didn't want the, their dresses to be lifted up so high. Oh, oh the wow. history of the place is wild. I think we definitely should it's do it there. Just crazy. It's, I, it's I lo- if they would allow us, I think that would be a wonderful well, place I'll, to do. Well, I'll check with my I'll check with my peeps over there. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. I think it, because we I think we would be the only group doing play? plays no. and sometimes no 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 no. no. There, the, there's a woman named Cynthia Cynthia Komsky who's she has play date. That, that's there's their readings then. Um, All women. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, and then there's um, like second Wednesdays, which is uh, like moth, like the spoken word stuff. Okay. Um, yeah. There's there's thing, things are happening at the Wilshire Ebell. Oh, that's what. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I love that. In fact, in fact, we may have to go through go through Cynthia. Okay. Yeah. That's but great, we'll, but we'll figure it out. She can she can read a juror. That's right. No, she, no, she doesn't want it. No, she didn't. She was she was actually there that night. She didn't want to read. She, she the producers never read. And I went. That's well. That's not true. But uh, we'll see. Oh, she was there at your house. Yeah. She was one that wouldn't read. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm a producer and I read. I know you do. I was going to say, come on, that's you know that's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. That's it took it took me a while to realize how much I loved producing. I think that as actors, we sort of think of like, oh, no, we have to produce something well, do you know for what ourselves. I'm, doing now? I'm producing my first film. Wow! I'm producing it. It's 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 a promo. It's a, but it's a, but it's it's it has own its own story arc. But yes, I am doing a two day producing gig, a two day a two day shoot. <laughs> oh wow, that's fun. Are you loving it? Um, I'm not interested. Not loving writing the check so much, but. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I am. I am enjoying, and I'm also enjoying delegating. I'm enjoying delegating. It's like, okay, you take care of that, you take care of that, I'll take care of this. Because I'm also acting in this thing. Wow. Well, and you're not only the producer, but you're also the artistic director of the women. I am. I am. I mean, you really are. You're our artistic director. I am. I I mean, and and definitely our our main producer. I am absolutely the main producer. Yes, it's it's it's. This is my baby. We shall. We'll we'll see where this is in ten years. I think it's fantastic. Fun. You know, uh, I I worked with um, Lisa Volpe and the uh, Women Shakespeare Company. Oh, I believe it's called the Women Shakespeare Company. In fact, that was one of the more terrifying uh, experiences of my life. It was uh, a p- production of Richard III. No, King Lear. Okay. King Lear, all women. And they had somebody drop out, and they said, uh, and it was three days before opening, three days before opening, and they said, can you learn the role of the Earl of Gloucester? And I said, sure. What? And this is, he's the one who's blinded at the end of the play. I mean, it, it's a huge role, huge role. And I remember I had three days to learn the Earl of Gloucester. And on opening night, I would come off stage and I was, I was so out of my body that I'd say, I don't know what the next scene is. I don't know what the next line is. I don't know where I'm going. And they'd say, the next is the next scene. And I'd start because I had literally like almost developed a photographic memory and I was in when I was on stage I was thinking just about the lines on the page in my head and that's that's how I got through it it was crazy it's fantastic crazy but so and Lisa Volpe and the Women's Shakespeare Company uh, I think it's I think that's what it's called they are they've hit great strides I mean they've made great 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 work so we'll see we'll see what our our little our little theater production yeah. company can do our little our little uh, repertory company yeah i'm not going to pay uh everyone you know 10 50 an hour minimum wage to well, do it but you don't have to for a reading no you don't have to for a reading. and you don't have to if we're doing something for charity that's right that's why there are ways there, i shall teach you the ways yeah, grasshopper there's, the there's always a way. yeah there's, there's a way always a way and and <laughs> actors equity is not going to keep down the creativity no. in the city 
Absolutely they're not. just not. God no. bless them. It'll, it'll be like it'll be, we're, we'll be making bathtub gin. It'll be speakeasies, <laughs> and you know we're going to be doing bathtub Shakespeare. Exactly. We're going to be doing bathtub. You know, inge and sing and and all these. We're going to. You know, <laughs> we're going to rebel like Irishmen we're do. We're going to rebel. Exactly. It's fantastic. I love you and adore you. Thank yeah. you for being my first guest. Are we done? We're done. What? We just flew through two hours. My How about God. that? I, it was. I can't tell you what an honor this was for me. I, I can't tell you what an honor it was to have you, and I can't tell you how excited I am to have this show, and uh, and and you will always be my first here, and I, uh, I will I always wait. thank you. Can for I that. come back? Absolutely. All right. Would you like to come back? Yes, please. Raise the vibration some yeah. more. Uh, in the meantime, where can people find out about everything you're doing online? Uh, www.carolynhennessy.com, and that's C A R O L Y N H E N N E S Y um, at Carolyn Hennessy on Twitter, at Carolyn Hennessy on Instagram, uh, Facebook. I'm all over Facebook, um, you know, pick a few pages, like me, um, join up, and, uh, you know, I'll, maybe I'll message you back. I would also like if you uh, would let me know what charities are uh, close to your heart Elephant, and which ones you work for. Elephant Nature Park in Chiang Mai, that's that's Lech Chilerts. Uh American Humane. Used to be American Humane Association, and just a few months ago they dropped uh, association, so it's American Humane. I'm a celebrity uh, spokesperson for American Humane. They have Red Star, um, Humane Heartland, No Animals Were Harmed. That that is one of the ma- that's one of the major national organizations where the money actually goes to the pets. Something like, for instance, HSUS, ASPCA, only 2%, so certainly only 2% of HSUS actually goes back to the animals. The rest goes other places where it shouldn't be going. American Humane, it's a huge percentage. The money the money goes to the animals. So if people want to donate, American Humane. Um, and, um, any, and, and your local shelter. Wonderful. Give, give, um, give to your local shelter. I will get with you and have you get me some uh, audio pr- uh, promos for them. Love it. Some PSAs, and oh, I'll wonderful. run them on the show. Okay, fantastic. We'll make them part of Raising the yes. Vibration. Uh, until we see you next week, if you missed any of those links, uh, you can also go to SheenaMetal.com. That's how you find me. Also, I am RaisingTheVibration.com. Please like us there because there is strength in our numbers of peace, love, kindness, and unity. And on social media, I'm at SheenaMetal everywhere. Until we see you next time, uh, think about what you can do to make the better uh, world a better place. Think about what's involved in raising your vibration and, of course, raising the vibration of our nation and of the world. Um, I'm the founder of this movement. I am also your host, Sheena Metal, and I'll see you next Monday night from 7 to 9 p.m. right here on LA Talk Radio. It's been a pleasure and an honor to be with you for these two hours, and we hope you keep listening. You're listening to Raising the Vibration with Sheena Metal, only on LA Talk Radio. Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio.